Hello, everyone. Crypto traders around the world. Crypto Talk Radio, Basic Cryptonomics is back with another episode. Thankful for you joining us here today. Let's kick this off real quick. Won't take us long. We've got a couple bits and bulbs to get out of the way, and then we'll jump right into this. CryptoTalkRadio.net is the site. You can check out all of our various episodes, download, listen. We appreciate if you'd spread the word. The more people that we get listening to our show and our various episodes, the more people we get on board with what we're doing. The greater we can be, the more we can serve you. We appreciate you. We appreciate any word that you can spread as well. And CryptoTalkRadio.net continues to be updated. We are adding content constantly until we are satisfied with the outcome. So keep tuned on that same channel for more and more to come in the future. And we will let you know anytime that we make any changes that are significant, at least, or anything that's new launched. Of course, our Triad membership in the upper right corner, click that, and it'll let you know about the different plans that we have available if you want to support the show. Keep us doing what we're doing. Pass up us a little bit of money. It's not a lot, but you get a lot of value for each of those tiers. Check that out at CryptoTalkRadio.net. Let's go ahead and get into our internal news for today. All right, we're live and ready to go with our podcast here. We're, we have a slightly tweaked format just because we have a couple of updates that we want to share. And this is broadcasting live via our live radio channel in our Discord. If you're curious about what I'm talking about, as a listener, you can join us on our Discord, CryptoTalkRadio.net slash Discord. And our Discord channel has the live audio. So if you are in our same time zone and would like to listen to this live and in charge, you can join us in the Discord channel. This is available to all of our listeners. You do not need to be the Triad. The Triad members get the ability to ask questions directly on the air if they happen to be listening in live. So that's another perk of the membership. So let's go ahead and get into some of these other passive things, and then I'm going to be shifting around the order of operations. I will be talking about news, but there's a couple of things that happen, and I want to make sure I bring it to attention more as a learning opportunity. For now, quick Endeavor update. The Endeavor's at a settled state. I don't expect more disruption. We had some good meetings, and I've been brought in to help optimize other parts of it, and I think we're in a good spot. So I don't have anything that should slow me down or disrupt me. I'm working hot and heavy on our triad stuff and updates and getting everything where we want it to be. Back to some common sense now that we're fresh off of all the nonsense that happened. And my computer, I did have to, I get all my updates and everything tweaked. It's working smashingly well. I had a couple of issues, but nothing major. So all is good. All my hardware, my recording hardware, hopefully you sound, you can hear that I sound like a PIMP. You can hear how crystal clear it is. And it sounds the same you'd hear here versus the YouTube channel, which was my goal is I have a unified audio presentation. Nobody else is doing it like I'm doing it because I can't just raise the bar. I got to be the bar. Given that, I'm going to go ahead and switch gears now, and I'll briefly talk about some news topics. Then I want to get into our learning topics. So let's switch over to that now. Some of these news may or may not be relevant, so I apologize if they're not, but I figured it was good to go ahead and just cover them because some people might have a stake in some of this stuff. At least I think there might be some, and I figured I would just go through them. This won't take too long because most of the news I think is well known outside of crypto. Like Some of these are big things. We know that with the whole Celsius and the Voyager and everything, we know that the 
the, the everything's in question with stable coins and the ability to persist the peg, as it's called. The ability that this stable coin should be valued at a dollar reliably. Stable coins, for the most part, USDC, probably at the top of the list, are expected to be pegged, quote unquote, to the United States dollar one for one. If I have one stable coin, it should be equivalent to one dollar, and that dollar should be somewhere in some account that I can report on and account for. And this has been something that the United States government has cracked down on historically. They've wanted to make sure that if you're going to do this, you need to make sure you have a United States dollar one for one with all these stable coins. And there's been increased scrutiny around some of the other stable coins like Binance USD, for example, had some scrutiny initially. And then UST, of course, lost its peg entirely, has not regained it. Recently, HUSD lost its peg, and it didn't go all the way down like it didn't crap like UST, but it lost its peg, went down to about 82 cents. It's issued by Stable Universal. The reason this token came up and why it's a little bit on the higher end in visibility, it's exposed and was used for backing liquidity support in a number of these organizations. Curve Finance was in place. Huobi, which is an exchange, was in place. FTX, of course, always. <laughs> Paxos, a lot of these different orgs have been involved with this specific, this specific stable coin and the risk where it dropped its peg has caused them to kind of scramble and drop it from the list of stable coins that are part of the holding. So this is, it's less about the trading of it and the fact that they were using this stable coin to store the value of assets. So I want you to think about for all of these different exchanges, when they use or they arbitrarily use it for their own decision, they use a certain stable coin or set of stable coins under the pretense that it's going to support the backing value of whatever it is that you deposited with them. It means that you lose the ability to control the risk associated with your asset. You're trusting that exchange. You're trusting that organization. This isn't just on the centralized side. This is also on the descent because a lot of these token projects, say a hex, for example, a lot of them felt it was popular to pair to the various stable coins. And some will do just one or two. Some like hex has like four or five. Well, when one of them goes insolvent, remember you didn't have any, decision as part of what that liquidity pool looked like. Somebody else made the decision for you. So if that stable coin goes down and you wouldn't know necessarily until you see your value absolutely tank, but you're not part of the decision. If there's a DAO, you might have some voting, but that's assuming it's a DAO number one. Number two, it's assuming that the DAO is presenting you with that option and not all of them do. What I'm saying is you want to be careful any situation where you're investing in anything or your money's in anything, centralized or decentralized, to make sure that you are not, you're minimizing how much risk you're at. You can't control it necessarily. But what you can do is just make sure you focus on strong projects, projects that are designed to get you to the next level, projects that have strong fundamentals, as I've talked about, projects that are not getting unreasonable hype on social media, projects that are not believed, at least on the surface, not believed to tank in the near future, and most importantly, critically, make sure you're maintaining a diverse portfolio so that if one of them tanks, you're not just completely destroyed by it and certainly don't YOLO into these projects. And you heard me say that too. Cardano, anybody that's listened to me for, I'm talking the long haul, like way back October when I was first recording these things, I've always been bullish on Cardano despite not being able to explain to you why. And unfortunately, I was told multiple times that the leader is an idiot 
And because the leader's an idiot, it was never going to get to anything usable. I do have a Cardano stake. I've had in and out. I've bought, I've sold. Uh, at the time, it was like three bucks. I've, I've mined it. I've had it. And, you know, I have a stake now. My stake's not massive. It's just, it's there mostly because if I was going to get into the network, which is a part of my story later, I wanted to have it on hand as a gas token if I needed it, or I would just watch the price move in and make a little bit of money. Well, some people, some nerds have started spinning up what's called deep learning. So deep learning is in a form of AI. It's this idea that I program software and hardware to do something. And you can program it to make predictions as well based on numeric points of data. The same way you would look at a graph and you can look at Bollinger Bands and look at everything else and you can largely project a trajectory of something. So they program the computer to try to do this. Now, understand that Cardano has been around for a while and it was presented as this is going to be the next big thing that's going to take down Ethereum and it struggled to do anywhere close to this. It hasn't even come close to Ethereum Classic. That's how bad it is. Ethereum Classic's part of my story later. Well, Ethereum, or excuse me, Cardano rather, Cardano went as low, I want to say it was like 20 cents. It was bad. It's somewhat back up, but nowhere near where it was, which was like $3 and some change, if I recall. This deep learning that these people have employed, they believe that the Cardano is scheduled to go back up before the end of the month. As I look at the graphs and I look at the performance and everything else, I think this is very likely. I think it's very strongly likely. However, it depends on whether or not the leader is really an idiot and they have their act together. Because as I've said, the success or failure of these projects is really around the people. It's not around the, the code or the project itself. It's the people. The people are going to drive what succeed, what do not. It's going to be around the people. And so we'll have to wait and see. But I do see that Cardano, I've always been bullish on Cardano just because it feels like one of those unsung heroes, similar to Tron. Tron is another one that I feel like is an unsung hero. I actually believe that Algorand is an unsung hero. I think that there's some of those that just, they stand out in the crowd and you can't really explain it, but it feels like they're going to be the next big thing on just a sentiment, your gut instinct. Maybe we get it wrong. Nobody knows. I'm just bringing to attention the technology believes that Cardano is going to go on a slight bull run. Actually, it'll be a pretty major one if it gets that high because it peaked at $3. So if it gets above two, that's pretty huge. And then consider with Ethereum Classic, when it forked, it was down like 40 cents. And then that thing jumped like a hundred something dollars. So anybody who just stayed the course and believed it made some life-changing money. I'm not suggesting you do. I'm not suggesting what to do. I'm just calling to attention. This is the theory that's floating around with the technology and certain predictions and predictive measures that are out there. I am eager to see if they can pull it off and there's not this, again, the leader getting in the way and completely crapping the project. I certainly hope not, but it always could happen. Do Rugpull, a.k.a. Do Kwan from the Terra Luna. He's finally out of hiding. He's finally out of his hole and he cut an interview on Coinage. Coinage is a site and they did a video interview and there's been a lot of criticism about this with interview because it felt like they were taking a soft touch with this guy. It felt like there were softball questions. And of course, he probably wouldn't even come out if, if it wasn't a softball. Well, I'm going to summarize a couple of things that came of this interview. Number one, probably most importantly, he had said, and there's a notorious interview him out there talking about 
something along the lines of, you know, I like it when these other projects crap because they're just, I, I want to go away, which is ironic. And people are sharing it around when the whole Luna and Luna classic fiasco happened. And then his actions, right? He coerced the validators to vote for this fork when it was going to harm the investors and the investors aren't whole. You still are stuck under a vesting schedule and the price of Luna classic is in the crapper. You do have the new Luna that you were airdropped, but it's a fraction of what you would have had. And nobody came out better other than him. We knew that he had profited on it. He had then said, no, I didn't profit from this. I lost money too. And da, 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 da. Fat man, who's the guy I criticized because he was making false statement, he made claims that Doe Rugpull had cashed out in Luna and somebody else had come out and said, no, this is how he did this. Da, 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 da. Apparently, Doe Rugpull, he ran from South Korea. Uh, apparently, apparently he ducked out. I don't know how he got out because the employees, the other employees of this whole thing were stuck there and they were banned from leaving South Korea. So I don't know how he was able to sneak out unless he knew in advance they were going to come after him before they made that call. Like he had somebody on the inside who were feeding him information saying, no, this is what's going to happen. If you were going to come after you, you need to you know, do something, get out of the way. I don't have that answer. I am telling you, <laughs> this is, this is his interview was so, it was just so softball. Like it's like nobody's hitting him with the hard questions. Nobody's hitting him with the truth. And he says all these things. And at the end of the day, what we really should know 100% is at the end of the day, guy, you were enriched by what happened. And then you coerced this decision to fork it instead of fixing what was there. And then what happened to this Bitcoin? I don't know where it goes from here. I, I don't have that answer because this is, this is a, it's still an evolving situation. You're like, why still? Yes, yeah, still. It's just, it's bad. The whole thing was bad. And I don't know where we go from here. I don't, um, but it is what it is. Coinbase. This is a small update, but Coinbase recently listed a token. It's an altcoin on the Ethereum network. And it was designed to basically offload some of the transactions off of Ethereum. It's called Seller Network. The news isn't that they listed it. The news is that Peck Shield, almost an hour, I think, after the listing of Coinbase, said, yeah, these guys just dumped on you and took some money out of this thing. And then they were having an issue with this DNS attack on the front portal. Like, they were just having issues. I don't think that there was in a malicious dump. I don't think they were trying to rip you off. I think what happened is they got ripped off. They got something on their portal, got breached or hacked. And when this went live on Coinbase, it increased awareness about them. And then hackers started looking for these holes and then got a bunch of money out of it. That's what I believe happened. I can't prove it, but that's what I suspect happened with this business in what I saw. And then the last update I'll do today, because I want to keep this really quick, Ethereum. So we're talking about the merge. We're talking about ETH 2.0. We're getting close to this. And hopefully this will lead to at least smaller gas fees. And we do have the other networks that have smaller gas fees and everything else. Well, the Ethereum Foundation, which is led by the idiot Vitalik, came out and said, you know what? This is not going to lower the gas fees. What we're doing is not going to lower the gas fees. It's not going to really fix much. It's really kind of an under the hood deal. So if you're expecting cheaper gas fees for this switch, it's probably not going to happen. What will likely do it is when they switch to proof of stake. That's scheduled for September, could get delayed, but... Just so people understand that this merge that everybody's talking about by the rumor seller news, this is not going to change anything. They say 
in this whole business that even the proof of stake is not going to do anything with transaction speeds or, or fees. I'm skeptical that's true because there's not a single other proof of stake chain out there that didn't have cheap fees. None of them. All of them have cheap fees, which is part of my story later. So I'm skeptical what he's saying, but it's the idiot village. So whatever it is. So don't get your hopes up, control your hopium about a, a Nirvana state with the Ethereum network which means Ethereum Classic could be running on something possibly, which goes to my next update, and I'll get to that here in a second. Let me take a quick break, and we'll be right back with it. All right, so I like the notorious B.I.G. You know, I got a story to tell. I got a story. This is an educational opportunity. This You may never have, have this happen to you, but I think it's important in case somebody does, right? So the other day, I was kind of toying around with my, my main wallet, and I got the idea. I actually have stuff in Coinbase, and I was going to get on the Ethereum Classic blockchain because I was curious about, at some point, maybe there's something that comes with this when the ETH deal happens. So, of course, I need the core token for gas so that I can do what I need to do. And, of course, I could always buy in Coinbase and I could transfer it to the wallet. But what I wanted to do was kick the tires on doing this all inside of the actual trust wallet. Because I've done that already with multiple different things. I've done that with Luna Classic. I've done that with um, Tron. It's not easy, but I did. Um, Cardano, certainly not easy, but I did. Like, I've done it with multiple other ones, but I've never done it with Ethereum Classic. I've owned Ethereum Classic, and as I own it now, but I've never needed to interact with the blockchain to understand what that looks like. So one thing that I'm doing now is when I want to buy into something, I'm trying to use stable coins as opposed to the gas tokens where and when possible. Well, that means that I needed to take my stable coin, which is USDC from my Ethereum stash and take a little bit of it, send it somehow over to the Ethereum classic blockchain should be a simple matter because you can use a tool called multi-chain multi-chain.org. I do recommend it. Or there's also Elk Finance, but Elk Finance doesn't support Ethereum Classic. Multi-chain does. So does any swap, which is the V1 of multi-chain. So I go to this multi-chain, and I've done this swap before, multiple times where I need to swap some token to something else. And I figure, all right, I should be able to pull this off. Same thing I do be did before, I'll just do it again. So I give it the $100 of Ethereum, tell it I want $100 USDC Ethereum Classic, and both the coins pull up and everything goes and says it's done. All right, you're all good. And I look at my wallet. Now, here's the problem. And this is really a trust wallet thing, I believe. When you go in to multi-chain and you tell it to do this swap, right? It's going to assume that the wallet address is the same with the origin destination. In most cases, it is. Like if you swap Ethereum, any ERC-20 should be the same. ETC, Ethereum Classic, those tokens are ERC-20 tokens. So it should be the same. However, in Trust Wallet, it's actually spinning you up a different wallet address. Same with Tron. Tron has that same thing. But with Tron, I know that. Tron, it's pretty obvious. Uh, same with XLM, Stellar, same thing. But Ethereum Classic, I didn't expect it to be a different address. I didn't notice it was a different address until I had done the multi-chain swap. And I noticed they didn't show up in the wallet. And I checked the address and saw it's different. So now I'm figuring, okay, what do I do? Because now my, in this case, it's not a lot of money. So I wasn't too much worried about the money, but it's, I, I wanted to use this as an opportunity to learn what really went wrong. Well, turns out that the address 
for the Ethereum Classic would still work for the main ERC-20 address. It would still work. It's just that Trust Wallet, for whatever bizarre reason, chooses to give you a different address for this specific type of token. There's not really any logic I can see. I'm sure it's out there. I didn't go digging. So the the in this case, this USDC that I purchased or traded to, swapped to, what it's doing multi-chain is it mints these on demand. And that's how it does the swap. It just mints them, takes what you give it, sells it, and mints you new tokens from this source. Okay? So I can't see them because my trust wallet refuses to show it. However, I use at least four or five different wallets. And so I was able to get into, in this case, Alpha Wallet. I believe it was Alpha Wallet that showed it to me. I believe that's true. And Alpha Wallet, you can do all sorts of magical stuff. Well, so you can see on a wallet address what's all there. So I can see that there's a there's this coin for the USDC on the Ethereum chain that's got the amount that I bought. So at least I know it's not lost because my wallet address is mine, right? No problem. Now I got to figure out how to get it back because clearly this isn't going to work or get it over to the Ethereum token, the actual core Ethereum classic token. So I got to find out what to do. And ultimately what I ended up having to do, which wasn't fun, mind you, and I don't recommend it to anybody listening, by the way, there's a tool out there that it doesn't need online access. It doesn't need web. It's an offline tool. But what it can do is it can take your mnemonic key, your 12 word phrase for your wallet, and it can convert it into the private keys for each of your wallets that you have. So just so you know, in your wallet, so if you're using Trust Wallet, this is true. Coinbase Wallet, for the most part, but certainly Trust Wallet, this is true. You see Ethereum, that's a wallet, actually. Ethereum Classic, that's a wallet. Cardano is a wallet. All the ones that are a blockchain, it spins up a separate wallet. Binance Smart Chain, that's a wallet. So in what you call your wallet address, your public wallet address, your mnemonic, there are actually multiple wallets when it's a multi-wallet address. So in most cases, as long as it's an ERC token, ERC-20, it's the same wallet address for simplicity, but trust wallet for whatever reason for certain ones spins up a different address. However, the tokens are still in your wallet, the actual Ethereum wallet, ERC-20, but you cannot access it through the interface. The trust wallet will not show it and you cannot add it because it's a core token. It doesn't have a contract address. <laughs> so you can't see it. They're there. And so I'm thinking, okay, I get the private key through this tool and I add it in this case to uh, MetaMask because I want to just confirm that what I was seeing is truly what I wanted. And indeed, yes, I see my tokens. They show zero value. So they're stable coins, but the value is zero. Well, that's not right. But I know that they have some value because it's USDC. And for whatever reason, the value is not pulling back. So now I take that private key and I add it to my trust wallet. And then lo and behold, I see that token and I can now transfer the tokens out to the address that trust wallet wants which then should solve the problem. Well, unfortunately, I didn't keep any Ethereum Classic in the other address because there would have been no reason to send it there. So now I have to do what I initially didn't want to do, which is I have to take a small bit of my Ethereum Classic from Coinbase and send it to this address, this specific bad address, quote unquote, so that I can use it to be able to send the, the USDC back to the, quote, good address so I can see it in Trust Wallet. Meanwhile, the gas was like 10 cents. So I had sent five bucks worth. So that's, quote, trapped over there. It's not. I can move it. But the point is, 
This whole fiasco is all because all I was trying to do, that's the learning, is I was from the wallet without having to rely on a central exchange. I wanted to convert, in this case, Ethereum USDC over into Ethereum Classic USDC. And while the conversion worked, the conversion tool wasn't smart enough to understand that Trust Wallet has this picky business going on. And it might have ended up and lost money. And not really, but it could have if you're new to this. You're thinking, oh, geez, I just lost this money. And so my point is, I always say wallets versus exchanges. And anytime you're trying to do swaps like that, you're trying to switch to a different blockchain, for example. That's why I say just use an exchange for that. But don't store it there because not your keys, not your coins. But it's perfectly fine to use it to just do these transfers because wallet technology isn't there yet. It's not at a point of being ready to be able to handle these kind of cross-chain things, even though there's tools to do it. Some of the wallets simply give you an address that's not really the address it wants, and so you won't be able to see your stuff. And I wouldn't want you to lose your hard-earned cryptocurrency simply because you wanted to jump on a different blockchain. That was my story for folks of what happened to me yesterday. Again, I didn't lose the money, but it was for a brief moment very frustrating because it simply told me that wallets aren't there. You have to use central exchanges just to do simple swaps to get to a different network. Now, why would I do something on Ethereum Classic? Simply because if Ethereum can't get its act together, there's a possibility that more support goes to Ethereum Classic. So I'm trying to be ahead of it by at least having a little bit of USDC on that network so I can work with it. In this case, that didn't work out too well. So I just ended up with the same Ethereum Classic gas token that I started with. And I could have just gotten that from the centralized exchange. And I knew that, but I wanted to go through the pain and see how bad it was through a wallet of if I could swap to a different token without having to rely on Coinbase to do it. Because I can't know if Coinbase is going to shut down someday. There is some stuff stored in Coinbase, but it's stuff that's staking. And I don't really care if I lose it. It's not critical funds. And every now and then I'll use it for trades. But this was a fun exercise just to understand just how painful it would be if I didn't have the centralized exchange available and trying to do it in a wallet, I couldn't even imagine trying to tell somebody how to solve this, you know, if I were talking to them over the phone. Of course, if you're a Triad member, you can, if you had that same situation happen, that's one of the services that we offer as part of the Triad. So something to look into. Hopefully that's been an enjoyable story at least. And hopefully we get back to some common sense, but it looks like we're about to hit a little bit of a bear period. Some people think it's coming out of Europe. I believe it's coming out of the current government administration and the laws and the so-called, quote, Inflation Reduction Act. That's my theory. I can't say. And so I am shifting stuff around in anticipation of what I believe is to come. Hopefully I am wrong about everything that I'm seeing. That'll do it for today's Crypto Talk Radio episode. I want to thank you for listening today. We know you've got choices. CryptoTalkRadio.net. If you would, we would appreciate. At the very top, we have a contact form. Fill that out. Let us know what your thoughts are. If we're doing great or something you don't like, we always love to hear from our listeners. If you don't mind spreading the word, we would also appreciate that. If you think other people would benefit from the type of coverage that we do, we work hard to try to be different than every other type of podcaster or YouTuber that's out there. So hopefully we're on track with that. Finally, our YouTube channel, of course, is at Basic Cryptonomics. If you want to find us on there, those are dedicated, specific, exclusive types of episodes. So you'll hear things there that you won't hear on the podcast and vice versa. Check us out there for more quick and dirty coverages. Until next time, take care.